Judges chapter 15. Father, I pray for the next few minutes that you now touch the preaching of your word. I trust you and I count on you. I do not take your touch for granted, but I humbly ask for it and I need it. And I pray that you'd help us to feed the flock of God and help us to draw closer to Jesus, in whose name we pray. Amen. If you're able, I'm going to read verses 11 through 20. If you can stand for that long, stand with me and we'll read it together. And i got to put this mic on. Brother Otis asked me to uh, use this tonight, so I better participate so he can get the new adjustments. By the way, uh, let's clap of praise for the new mics that we've yeah. got. Amen. Uh, the Lord has provided, and, and, and they do sound excellent. And Brother Otis is still uh, making some adjustments to perfect the quality that you get on your end. So I appreciate Brother Otis. Give him some love tonight for all his diligence in that department. Amen. And if he could just, if, if, we, could, if we could work with him, he'd do, he, he would do even better. But we're hard to work with sometimes. So he's got to keep yanking my chain. Amen. Judges chapter 15, verse 11. Then 3,000 men of Judah went to the top of the rock Edom and said to Samson, Knowest thou not that the Philistines are rulers over us? They're mad at uh, Samson for stirring up trouble with the Philistines who are their masters. Uh, they said, What is this that thou hast done unto us? And he said unto them, As they did unto me, so have I done unto them. A long story short, uh, God stirred Samson up uh, to inflict injury upon the enemies of God. Amen. And so there's some conflict, constant conflict going on. Verse 12, And they said unto him, We are come down to bind thee, that we may deliver thee into the, hands, the hand of the Philistines. Now isn't this interesting? This is his brethren. And instead of joining with him in the fight against the enemies of God, they say, you stirred up this trouble, you're on your own, bud. We've come in here to bind you up and to hand deliver you to them. Just keep us out of it. That's a message in and of itself, but we won't preach that tonight. Amen. And Samson said unto them, swear unto me that you will not fall upon me yourselves. Now just stop right there. Do you think Samson's really worried that they're going to inflict injury on him? After, after how God's used him and how God's anointed him, I, 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 I see here uh, a, a strategy that Samson has in mind. Watch, watch what it says, verse 13. They say unto him, uh, they spake unto him, saying, No, but we will bind thee fast and deliver thee into their hand, but surely we will not kill thee. And they bound him with two new cords and brought him up from the rock. So, uh, I see Samson here just kind of playing along, uh, being the Trojan horse. So he's thinking in the back of his mind, okay, well, I'll play along. Y'all tie me up. Y'all deliver me to him. He ain't worried about it at all because God's already proven time and again uh, that he uh, will enable him to inflict injury upon his enemy. Amen. Verse 14, and when he came unto Lehi, the Philistines shouted against him. And watch what the Bible says, and the Spirit of the Lord came mightily upon him, and the cords that were upon his arms became as flax that was burnt with fire, and his bands loosed from off his hands. And he found a new jawbone of an ass, and put forth his hand, and took it, and slew 
a thousand men therewith. And Samson said, With the jawbone of an ass, heaps upon heaps, with the jawbone of an ass have I slain a thousand men. I guess he piled them up in heaps, didn't he? Verse 17, And it came to pass when he had made an end of speaking that he cast away the jawbone out of his hand and called that place Ramothlehi. And he was sore athirst, verse 18, and called on the name of the Lord and said, Thou hast given this great deliverance into the hand of thy servant, and now shall I die for thirst and fall into the hand of the uncircumcised. Ain't, ain't we just like that sometimes? Verse 19, But God clave in hollow place that was in the jaw, and there came, uh, there came water thereout, and when he had drunk his spirit came again and he revived wherefore he called the name thereof in which is in lehi unto this day and he judged israel in the days of the philistines 20 years focus with me now verse number 19 god clave in hollow place that was in the jaw and there came water thereout and when he had drunk his spirit came again and he what's the last word there revived tonight i want to just simply preach a message called god's not done thank you you can be seated in the presence of the lord god's not done interesting that in verse 18 the bible said after god used samson mightily and miraculously that he was sore athirst and he got to complaining that he might die of thirst after he had wrought such a great victory. And, you know, I've learned over the years that when you follow the voice of God into battle, into ministry, into any kind of a, an assignment that God gives you, that from time to time, that assignment is going to drain you. That assignment is going to... Uh, exhaust you it's going to require a cost of service from you is not is not that what uh, is implied when Jesus said to take up your cross and follow me there is a cost and there is a price for following the Lord I think though that in our human capacity sometimes we lose sight of the big picture and in moments of weakness, we echo our deepest and darkest fears as, as, as wrong as they might be. They feel very real in those moments of lack and need. And I want to encourage you tonight that if God has or is leading you into a place of ministry that is costing you more than you thought it would ever cost you and causing you to experience change in ways that you never thought that you would experience, uh, I, I just want to say to you that no matter what it might look like right now, God's not done yet. Amen. Uh, in fact, until you breathe your last breath or God calls you home, God's still got a work just for you. And I see that in our text First of all, I like to say that I know that God's not done because He strengthens us for the journey. Look back at verse number 14, if you will. It says, And when he came unto Lehi, the Philistines shouted against him, and the Spirit of the Lord came mightily upon him. 
and the cords that were upon his arms became as flax that was burnt with fire, and his bands loosed from off his hands. I know when God's not done, when God strengthens us again for the journey. I love the phrase, the Spirit of the Lord came mightily upon him. And it's interesting to me that though he was bound with those cords, it wasn't his might that loosed him from those cords. It was the Spirit of God. Amen. In fact, we, if you really want to know the truth of the matter, we say Samson was a strong man. But honestly, I would, I would picture Samson, uh, if, if, if I know God like I think I know God, and I, I'm not, I don't claim to know God very well, but what little I know of him, uh, you know, uh, we think of someone strong as someone very muscular with a big physique. But it wouldn't surprise me if we saw his physique uh, and discovered that we, he was a puny little fella. I don't know that for sure, but it wouldn't surprise me if it wasn't one of the least of God's people, stature-wise, because God often uses those people that look the weakest in the minds and in the eyes of people. But regardless of his physique, it, we know for a fact that it wasn't Samson's strength that gave him those victories. It was the strength of the Lord. And, and when God gives you an assignment... Uh, his strength will, uh, will, will loose you from all the ties that bind and enable you to do the work that He's called you to do. And I'm glad to remind you tonight that when you serve in the Lord, no matter what the devil throws your way, and no matter uh, whether or not the brethren even participate or whether they want to throw you up under the bus too, if the Lord stands for you, who can be against you? Somebody say amen right there. And I know that God is not through when He strengthens us for the journey. How about you tonight? Have you gotten weak and feeble and unable to move forward and you've been concerned uh, as to whether or not your ministry is over maybe tonight the Lord just sent me to send you a word of encouragement uh, to stay focused to stay prayed up uh, because God's not done yet amen uh, it may look uh, it may look futile right now but give God time and look at you you're here tonight look at you you're not gone yet amen uh, you would have lost your mind you would have lost your health but thanks be to God which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ, and we can be encouraged by the fact that we're still here. Amen. There's something down the road that God still has for you. So He's going to strengthen you, and rest assured that when you are weak and when you are not able, God will strengthen you for the task that is at hand. So just keep that faith strong in the Lord. Amen. Don't lose sight of His might. And His strength, because even when you are at your worst, God is always at His best. Amen, church? So we see His strength, but not only that, he, he's, we see His supply in chapter 15 and verse 15. And He found a new jawbone of an ass. And, and I love the way the King James said that. It's as if uh, maybe He's used old jawbones before. I don't know. Uh, it said a new jawbone. I'm glad it was new. What about you? <laughs> Amen. Uh, and put forth his hand and took it and slew a thousand men therewith. And this speaks to me of God's supply. And isn't it interesting that God uses odd things? 
God thinks outside of the box. Often we think we know what we need with which to serve God. And often we decline service when we think that we have an inadequate supply. And we wait until we think we have enough. Have enough resources. Have enough support. Have enough strength. Have enough health. Have enough money. Have enough education. Have enough uh, uh, this and have enough that. And when I get all my ducks in a row, then I can serve God. When really, God may just want you to uh, follow the voice of God and pick up a jawbone of a donkey and use it for His glory. Amen. It might be that God just wants you to use what you already have and trust Him to make up the difference uh, rather than waiting on the perfect conditions and the perfect scenarios by which to serve Him. That's why I encourage people to learn how to walk by faith and not by sight. It's not going to make sense on paper. But if you'll follow the Lord, God will make a way where there seems to be no way. God will make a way where you can't figure it out, where you have no clue what God's next move is going to be. But you're trusting Him. And because you trust Him, He's going to show you a way to do something that nobody else ever thought of. God will put it in a Samson spirit to see a jawbone of a donkey as a weapon of mass destruction. <laughs> Isn't that just like God? And that's why I'm so glad that when God calls us into service, it's not up to us to figure out how to pull it off. We simply need to follow His voice. And if God asks you to do the craziest thing, sometimes... That's the only thing that's going to work. You say, but nobody else has done it that way. Get used to it. Amen. Uh, do you know how many miracles in the Bible were only recorded one time that was never done before and never done after? I mean, I don't think you will find an identical miracle more than once in the Bible. God is showing us that He does new things. Now, He's the same God. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. But don't confuse His person with His acts because His acts are manifold. His person's the same. But the way He does things can change from moment to moment, from minute to minute. And He knows the exact demographics of the battlefield and what it's going to take to win your battle. So you've got to rely upon His supply. Amen. And, and, and often God will just simply use what's within your reach. You see that, how simple that is? He, he may not even put it in your lap. But he'll put it within reach, which requires you to scoop down and reach out and grab that jawbone. Say, God, if this is what you want to use, I'll use it. Amen. Some of you got a gift and you don't think it's significant enough to make any big difference in the kingdom of God. But you'd be surprised how far a little gift will go if you'll just avail it for the cause of Christ. Just step up and use it. If it's within your reach, don't worry about what's in somebody else's reach. They're going to give an account to God with whether or not they use what's in their reach. You just do what's in your reach and you let God use you. Amen. And I know that God's not done not only when He strengthens us, but when He supplies for us. And if you look around and you discover something that God can use, pay, uh, pay attention to that. That's the Holy Spirit working in your heart, giving you direction. Amen? Samson didn't know what his next move was till he saw that jawbone. And then the Spirit of the Lord came mightily upon him, and he knew exactly what to do with it. 
You reckon, uh, you reckon, uh, you know, it's not recorded that he ever used it before. So I, I imagine this was his first time, and it might have been his last, to use the jawbone of a donkey. But in that moment, he knew exactly what to do with it because he was listening to the voice of God and the, the, the Word of God and the, the Spirit of God was empowering him for the fight. Amen? And so he strengthens us and he supplies for us, but he also sustains us. And this is where I want to focus on, the, I believe, what are the most impactful points of this message. But look at verse 19. God, but God, clave and hollow place that was in the jaw. And there came water thereout. And when he had drunk, his spirit came again, and he revived. Wherefore he called the name thereof Enhakor, which is in Lehi unto this day. This is speaking of God's sustaining power. But if you'll notice, I want to point something out. In verse 17, it came to pass, the Bible said, when he had made an end of speaking, that he cast away the jawbone out of his hand and called that place Ramothly High. Do you want to know what that word means? If you do, say amen. All right. Enough interested. I'll give it to you. It means the height of a jawbone. You're hoping for something deeper, weren't you? <laughs> I was too. I believe that we can learn a lesson here. I got my notes printed out. So, so get this. He just, slay, he just killed a thousand people. He exhausted himself. And when he thought he was done, when he thought he was dying, when he thought it was over, because he was already complaining, he was fixing to die of thirst, he threw that thing down and he called the place after what just happened to him. Now that's an important point to make. Because I want to show you a transition that took place after God revived his spirit. At first, he's calling it after the thing that just happened. The height of a jawbone. And I, I think it's interesting. A jawbone can't be very high. H how little do we define the acts of God in our life sometimes? How, how much do we belittle what God did by talking more about what it cost us than what it did for God. He should have been saying, look what God did. But instead, he was defining his whole experience based upon the height of a, of, of a jawbone. And this symbolizes for us when we get weak and exhausted, our thinking's not straight, and all of a sudden, we're assessing the whole experience, and we got more complaint and bitterness than we do praise and adoration for what God did. Let us never overlook what God did for what happened to us. It will cost us and it will hurt, but we cannot complain when God gets the glory. We need not whine and bellyache and talk about how much it hurt us when God did a great work, even though, it, hey, listen, we ought to be just rejoicing that God even counted us worthy to be called His children. Amen. We ought to just thank God that we were in service, uh, and if it did cost us everything that we had, we need to offer up a praise to His name. But Samson had a bad attitude, and sometimes we have a bad attitude because it didn't go the way we thought it would go 
We thought it would be easy, and we thought everybody would support us, and we, we thought it, it wouldn't cost us personally so much, and we didn't, certainly didn't think it would leave us drained and dry and dying and desperate. But sometimes following the voice of God will lead you into destitute situations, and we need to be careful what we call our place of pain. Now, watch your Bible. But God, verse 19, and we'll read it one more time. Claven hollow place that was in the jaw. There came water thereout, and when he had drunk, his spirit came again, and he revived. Now watch what happens. Wherefore, he called the name thereof Enhikor. So he gave it a different name. You see that? You want to know what that word means? All right, this one's better. Fountain of one calling. Whoo! Talk about a change of perspective. The, he went from calling it the height of a jawbone to the fountain of one calling. He went from talking about his place not as what happened to him, but who happened to him. And you know, it's funny, you can talk to two Christians who go through the same valley together, and depending on their walk with God, one will talk about the problems, and one will talk about the rows of Sharon. Amen. We want to talk about what happened to him. We want to talk about how sweet it is to talk to Jesus. And I'm telling you, if you want to learn how to get some victory in your life, you're going to have to learn how to talk about the one who sees you through instead of the things that he drags you through. Are you listening to what I'm saying? Quit your whining, quit your complaining, and start worshiping the Rose of Sharon, the bright and morning star, the lily of the valley. Amen. He is the fairest of 10,000 to my soul. I cannot stop praising him just because it hurts a little bit to serve him. It's not what happened to me, it's who happened to me. And I got news for you, the same God that saved me from hell and the same God that called me to preach and the same God that gave me my five sons to raise and to provide for is the same God today that will enable me to continue to serve God no matter how difficult the journey. And you need to take that same attitude. When God begins to revive your heart, you will change your tune. You will change your song. You'll put on a garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. And you'll decide, you know what? It's not worth talking about what happened to me. I'm going to start talking about who happened to me. Can I tell you about Jesus? Amen. He's my best friend. He's my, uh, he's my knight in shining armor. Amen. He's my savior. He's my Lord. He's my king. And he's my sustainer. Hallelujah. And you go to talking about him, things will pick up at your place. God will strengthen you to be revived. So when Samson was done and drained and dying, he defined the place of his struggle by what happened. However, when Samson revived, he defined the place of his struggle by who called him there. You know what gets me through my current struggles? Knowing that God sent me here. <laughs> Amen. Knowing that God put me right here. Hey, Brother Ron, I can endure anything knowing God put me here. That's right, because what he calls you to, he'll see you through. Can I get an amen? You might as well just count on it. God's going to see you through. But I even like, I'd like to say this. I like what Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said. They said, even if he don't save us from the fire, 
and our lives are destroyed, we're still not going to bow. Amen? Even if things don't get better, to God be the glory, my life is His. Amen? We have to have the attitude that whatever it takes. Isn't that what soldiers do in war? Whatever the cost, amen, to secure freedom and to fight the cause, right? Uh, we've just got to be willing to pay the ultimate sacrifice. And that's the problem with Christianity today is most Christians are not prepared to pay the ultimate sacrifice. Uh, they're only willing to go so far. But those who are willing to pay the ultimate sacrifice know no limits and know no bounds to the praise that they know God's worthy of. That's where God wants us to be. And God's not done with us. So we've got to learn this concept. And I want to say this. How you define the place of your struggle will define the place of your success. It'll define your level of success. If you want to complain and whine and talk about how bad it hurts and how much it costs to serve God, amen, You'll always live in a constant state of disappointment and misery. And you'll lose your song, and before you know it, you'll be out of church. Before you know it, you'll be out of fellowship. Before you know it, you'll be agitated at everybody. Amen. And you'll lose out on the opportunity to be successful for Christ. But when you swap out your vocabulary and start calling that place after the one who called you, Washington Heights Baptist Church this is certainly not one of the easiest places to serve God but amen thank God we know we can find God here Amen. Thank God we hear from heaven here. Are you with me? Thank God that His touch is on our ministry here. And as long as God's around and stirring and moving, I, I like what my preacher said growing up, find out wherever God's working and jump on board. Amen. Oh, I don't know about all the what's and the ifs and the how's and, and the hurts and the pains, but I know the who. Amen. <laughs> uh, Job said, uh, I don't know where he's at, but he knows where I'm at. Amen. And when he hath tried me, I shall come forth as gold. He didn't know the what, but he knew the who. Yeah. So bigger than your problem is your Savior. Bigger than your struggle is your calling. And sometimes your call is going to cost. But so be it. Change your vocabulary. Worship the Lord. Quit calling your place cursed and start calling it blessed. Amen. Quit calling it curse and start calling it bless. This is how I know God's not through yet. He strengthens us. He supplies for us. He sustains us. Amen. And I want to say this. What happened to you is not near as important as who sent you into the battle. When you know the who, the what doesn't even matter anymore. The battle may have drained you, but the commander will sustain you. You may be done, but God is not, because greater is he that is in you than he who is in the world. And your next assignment is waiting on you to redefine your place of struggle as your place of success. Mm. I can't prove it, but I can't help but wonder if uh, when... when uh, Joseph's brothers threw him in that pit. Uh, 
no doubt he didn't have anything, but if he could have, I believe he'd have decorated them walls. If he could have, I believe he'd have, he'd have sung a song of praise anyway. You say, why do you think that, Brother Gary? Because ultimately, you know where he ended up. He ended up on top. He ended up in victory. Now, he may not have learned that at first. I don't know at what point he got the victory in his soul to over, overcome all that. But at some point, maybe it was down in the prison when the Bible said that no matter what he did, God touched and blessed it. Amen. And I believe if you went down to the prison of Joseph, his, his prison, his cell looked better than anybody else's. Amen. I believe if you'll find, and listen, uh, listen, you may be in a, in a prison of circumstance, but can you decorate it with the grace of God? Can you fill the room with praise to His name? Can you so sing a song in the midnight hour when you've been beaten and thrown in prison for doing something for God that you didn't think would cost you? Can you be like uh, Paul and Silas and just sing praises to the Lord? in the midnight hour amen that's what god wants us to learn how to do don't you believe that you cannot go into your future talking about what happened to you but you can go into your future talking about who happened to you and who has always been with you and who will always be with you going forward so god's not done change your tune Change your conversation, change your vocabulary, rename your place if you must. But don't change location when God's not done yet. Can I get an amen? Let's pray. Everybody stand to your feet, every head bowed and every eye closed. Lord.